Episode 5 of Basement Convo starts right now. Welcome back to episode 5 of Basement Convos. Steve, how you doing from West Virginia? Doing well, Dave. How about yourself? Good. It feels weird not doing this podcast together, but we'll get through it for the next couple months before we see each other in the summer. Um, I know we're going to be busy with work, but it is what it is. So let's get this thing going. So we have a lot of sports, yeah. we have a lot of sports to talk about today, but I wanted to start off t- thanking Eli Manning for everything he's done. Obviously yesterday, I was in class actually, but he announced his retirement from the NFL. Um, I saw it coming, but... Look, he had a great career. I think it was a little bit dragging. Like, it wouldn't have been bad if he retired a couple years ago. Uh, he obviously fell off a cliff, but it's whatever. He's my favorite quarterback of all time right now. Maybe Daniel Jones would change my opinion. But right now, when I think of the New York football giants, I think of Eli Manning. And I think people that are older than me think Eli Manning, Lawrence Taylor, Phil Sims, and Super Bowls. So I just want to read off some stats. He has 57,000 passing yards, basically, which is seventh all time. He has 366 passing touchdowns, seventh all time, and 210 straight starts as a quarterback, which is awesome because durability is a huge thing in the NFL, and to provide yourself week in and week out is huge. And more importantly, he was a two-time Super Bowl champ and MVP. So that's basically my schmiel on it. Uh, Steve, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, we all kind of saw it coming. It was sad, but you know, surprising at the same time. Just to, just to finally have the announcement that he's going to be gone. Um, I'm not a Giants fan. I'm a Jets fan, but I do appreciate Eli Manning, everything he's done for football. He's a Hall of Fame guy too. Talking about the Hall of Fame induction, his name has been thrown around a, around a lot with that. Uh, I, I I think he should be inducted personally. Um, the only thing that's really holding holding that argument back for me is his 500 record, but he's. He's two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP. He's, he's, he's really just a reliable quarterback. Like you said, he was always playing. He was never hurt. Consecutive starts. I mean, it's just, what more can you say about the guy? And I think more importantly is he was reliable on and off the field. He was, he was someone that was never going to get in trouble off the field, and that's what you want in a quarterback. He won Walter Payton Man of the Year, so, like, he was a class act. What else can you really say? Exactly. Um, I also want to congratulate Derek Jeter for making the Hall of Fame. He was one sh- uh, one vote shy of making it unanimous. I, 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 who was that idiot that did it? I don't know, but let's not talk about him. But Derek Jeter obviously had a great career. I think you'd say the same thing. It's what anyone would dream of as, a, as an athlete. Yeah, exactly. What more do I need to say about Derek Jeter? The audience knows he's, he's Derek Jeter. Like it's him being one vote shy of unanimous is a joke, but you know, that one guy did it pretty much all for attention. I bet. So exactly. That's why we don't need to talk about him. All right. So, so let's start off with baseball. Today is the main topic. We're going to do that mostly in the summer too, when baseball is in full swing and the other sports are kind of in the off season, but this huge scandal came out. It might be the biggest in baseball history. Maybe Pete Rose is up there, but that's for a debate. But Look, the Astros get handed down these suspensions and it trickles down to different organizations with the Red Sox also getting accused of cheating and Korf coming from the uh, Astros and Beltron, who is now fired as the Mets. And I know you're a big Mets fan and I don't mind the Mets, but let's, what's your opinion on Beltron being gone and the new manager being hired? So I wasn't a huge fan of the Beltron hire to begin with. I don't hate, I didn't hate it, but I, I would have rather had Girardi. Um, now the way where they went with uh, Luis Rojas, one of the guys that's internal on the program, um, 
I don't I, I don't know much about the, about the guy. I'm not gonna you know sit here and sound like I know what he know everything about him. All I know is he's loved by the club and he's he's been a part of the team and involved through analytics and stuff. Uh, Beltron being gone, I don't really see it as a big difference maker for this team going forward. So I, I don't I'm not like crushed over it, but I'm I'm interested to see what Luis Rojas has in store. I agree with you, and uh, I want the Mets to be good, like I always said, because I don't have anything against them. But all in all, we don't know anything about this manager, really. I don't know if a bunch of people do, but one thing I know is that the Mets weren't going to go out and get a big-time manager because they could be – we don't know if they're paying Beltron. Nothing came out about that, and they might be. They might have said, hey, we got to pay you off, but you're gone. So that might be yeah. an option. And they're also paying Mickey Calloway, and we know the Mets. They're cheap. Maybe not with Cohen coming in, but with the Wilpons there, they are cheap. So I don't. I didn't think the Mets were going to go out and get a prolific hire. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think they want. They said they didn't want to go out of their way and get a bigger name, got kind of guy. They kind of wanted to go internal because of how late that hire would have been. I think that makes sense. So I'm, I'm not mad at it. Yeah. As for Yankees fans, I think this is great because the Yankees fans hate the Astros and more importantly the Red Sox. And even some Yankees fans hate the Mets. I just said I don't hate the Mets. I I, I don't see why you would hate the Mets. I would see I can see why Mets fans hate Yankees fans and the Yankees, but not the other way around. Um, but this is a perfect offseason for the Yankees, with the Yankees obviously getting Cole, the big fish, for free agency, and the Astros and the Red Sox taking a hit with their managers, who are both great managers, even if you take away the cheating, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this offseason is a huge win for the Yankees just in all aspects of it. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to the baseball season. We're looking forward to talking about all that. We'll do our power rankings before the season starts. Um, the other big news coming out of baseball besides the Hall of Fame and the Astros scandal is Nolan Arenado, and he's growing frustrated with the Rockies. And he's only 28 years old, and he's got a, he, they just offered him a big contract, and he obviously took that, and he has a no-trade clause, but it looks like they might be shipping him out soon. What's your opinion on yeah. that, and where do you see fits for him? Um, I'm, uh, he, he's been thrown around recently. He got, he got in an argument with the GM, felt disrespected, he was saying. Uh, so I really don't know what they're going to do with him. Possible landing spots? I'm not sure. I've been, I've been seeing around Twitter Yankees fans saying that they want him shocker. I don't, I don't know if they land him this time. I think he'd be a great uh, fit for the Mets, too. This time. What? I think he'd be a great fit for the Mets, and obviously the Yankees can – put him at third base because the Yankees really don't besides their shell really don't have a stud third baseman the Yankees can spend money all they want I'm sure there's fits for Nolan Arenado everywhere like every team should go be, uh, yeah. be going after him team, yeah every team can make fit for him I mean talk about a wish list for the Mets to have him on that roster but we'll see what, what happens with that situation exactly so now on to the next thing which is NBA and look our favorite our favorite teams you're a Knicks fan I'm a Lakers fan because of LeBron obviously the Lakers came to Madison Square Garden last night, and it was an ugly game for both teams, but the Lakers came yeah. out on top, which I'm not shocked about. What was your opinion on the Knicks, uh, how they played last night against the Lakers? Uh, well, the Knicks are without R.J. Barrett. Um, you know, that's that's one of their better players with him even being a rookie. Uh, it, they, they're going into this game not thinking that they're going to lose, but, I mean, you're playing you're playing LeBron, and he's at the Garden. It's almost like it's, you're at a disadvantage when you're home against LeBron because he just goes insane at the Garden. Um, the Lakers are just a better team. They they just did, but they walked in, handled their business, and walked out. That's but, a good uh, LeBron. That's LeBron a good. Did have an interview with uh, that one? You see that one reporter? He was asking about uh, Bronny. Yeah, I saw he that. Drafted by the Knicks. I saw that. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. That's a good point you made though, because I do think people like the Knicks always have. It's like when people come to play the Lakers. Everyone want the Lakers are always going to get the best teams potential, and it's the same thing when the Knicks are home because everyone wants to show out in New York City. I totally agree with your point there. 
but there's been a huge discussion. We, we covered this last week, or two weeks ago, excuse me, a little bit, and it's Marcus Morris getting traded. Marcus Morris has been a staple for the Knicks this year. He's been a great player. He's shooting amazing from three. He can defend one through four, and he, probably even the five, but there's been discussions about him getting traded, and some Knicks fans and some reporters are saying, why would you trade Marcus Morris when he claims he wants to be a Nick? And I know your opinion on this, I think, is we should trade him because we need the first-round pick. I, I, yeah, that is exactly my, my opinion. If you were offered a first-rounder for Marcus Morris, I don't see how you do not take it. He's a great player, don't get me wrong, but for the future, if you're looking at the future for this team and their rebuilding state, I don't, I don't see how you keep Marcus Morris on the roster with a first-round pick being offered. I saw something on Twitter, and it was, would you trade Marcus Morris, though, for like a 27th or 28th first-round pick? I saw that as well. Like, would it be worth it to get the Lakers pick, let's just say, if they're picking at 28, if they make the conference finals or whatever? And I mean, what's your opinion on that as a Knicks fan? I mean, we've, we found guys late in the second round. Damian Dobson, the second-round pick, he's been solid defensively. He can shoot the three ball. And then Mitchell Robinson, as we all know, was a late-round pick, too. So, I mean, 27th? It's definitely not as appealing as a higher first-round pick, but I, I would I would definitely be intrigued in a, the 27th overall pick, just for example, for Marcus Morris. I don't know if I would pull the trigger immediately. I would look to see what else you can get, but I, I would definitely be intrigued. I think the NBA is starting to change in that matter, where like late first-round picks and second-round picks never really matter in the in the NF, or in the NBA. Excuse me. Like if you were to trade a second-round pick, people would be like, all right, that's no big deal. But I think now it's starting to change a little bit and because there's, I guess, it's just deeper drafts and you can find uh, gems late in the draft like the Lakers did with Kyle Kuzma, the Knicks did with Mitchell Robinson, and you can go on and on. And Draymond Green on the Warriors. You know, there's so many things you can now find in the drafts and there's so much better analytics where you can probably find more gems late. So I think that's definitely changing. Just like the NFL, that's always been like you can find gems in like the sixth or seventh round. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. That the overall like scouting programs and, and uh, scouting people have just been—they've got better technology now. It's it's getting better. It seems. I guess not with like high talent because like Markel Fultz has been playing better. Is just you know, that's an example. But yeah, definitely late round talent has been easier to find. I think. I totally agree. Now on to the Nets. The Nets are hosting the Lakers tonight. I was trying to go out to see this game, but uh, my classes said no to that. Um, but Kyrie has been a little bit out of control recently, uh, the past two weeks since we had our last show. He's basically been like, look, he compared himself to Martin Luther King two days ago on Martin Luther King Day. I just, I, I just, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I, I have no idea what's going on on with him at all. Like, I don't know why he's acting like this in interviews and stuff. Like, I don't know what happened to him. Like, he was normal on the Cavs. Like, he wasn't like this this weirdo who was like putting himself above everyone. And then he left, and then Boston, I guess just not that Boston changed him, but he changed as a person when he went to Boston. I don't know. He did two other crazy things in um, media, like when he was talking to the media too. One of them being he was apparently talking to Levert after a game. I think it was after the Philadelphia 76ers game. And he said, isn't it funny that the last person to lead the Nets to a championship was Julius Irving, and now it's going to be Kyrie Irving? Like, why would you say that to Karis LeVert, who's been there and who has been working his butt off to be a, pretty much a star in the Nets? Why, like, why would you say that to someone? I don't know. He said that to LeVert? I thought that was to a reporter. No, it was to LeVert, and I think it got out to a reporter. That's what I saw. That's, okay, yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> and then the, the, third, the, the third thing he said was, and this is the one that probably frustrates me the most, 
is he goes out and he says, basically, we need another piece. I don't know what your thought yeah. is on that. Uh, yeah, I don't, it's really just like disrespectful to the team. I don't know what his problem is in, in having good teammates. Like, less LeBron, he didn't like playing with LeBron James, just didn't like playing with him. So then he goes to Boston as one of the best coaches and some of the best young talent in the league. Didn't like that either. So he decides to go to New York, uh, or excuse me, Brooklyn, with uh, Kevin Durant and a great young core as well. And he also just doesn't like what they have. Like, at this point, just play one-on-five. Just have Ty- Kyrie Irving as a team. I know. I mean, I, I really don't know what Kyrie's been doing or what he's thinking. I, I think he is a great talent. And you're allowed to say that if you've been a good leader, but he has not been a good leader. And he's only been on the Nets now for what, four months? He signed there in July and he's only, the season started in October and he hasn't been playing on top of all that. So to say you need another piece when Kevin Durant's still out, it's like Kevin Durant's the another piece. It's just, it's just mind blowing. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. But this was good for the NBA last night. On top of all the basketball we just talked about locally and the Lakers and all that is Zion had his debut. I know you were watching that. What, what were your thoughts? Uh, well, he came out, uh, you know, came out on a minutes restriction for him, which I expected. It was like 20, 20 something. I think it was probably twenty. And he played twenty-two. Uh, he played four minutes in the first quarter. He looked a little, little out of place, and then the second quarter he looked a little more in place, and then third quarter and fourth quarter he kind of settled in a little bit. Fourth quarter is when he really got going. He went on that seventeen-point run, which was just absolutely insane to watch. He was four for four from three, um, and then they took him out when the, the game was close there with about, like, five minutes left, I believe. There was a lot of controversy about taking him out. Um, if I'm Zion, I obviously want to keep playing because that's just the competitive drive, you know? Like, you want to keep playing. Uh, from the team perspective, I completely agree with taking him out there. You have a hard minutes restriction on Zion Williamson. We've never seen a player like this before. Coming off a big knee injury, you don't want to risk two more minutes on the guy and then have a re- recurring injury, and now his career is over. So I completely agree with them taking him out. That game ultimately doesn't mean anything, regardless of them saying that they're going to make a playoff push. That The playoff push that they said they're going to make with Zion doesn't start against the San Antonio Spurs on January, whatever it is, the 23rd. It starts as he, pre- as he progresses and gets more fit into the role that he's going to be playing. I think you make a great point, and I think Zion is a likable guy. And he's not going to be someone that's hated by the media. And I think you would agree with that, right? Yeah, he seems like he's a humble guy. And he's, he's has a hard work ethic. I, I like what he has to bring to the table. I like Zion, too, because he has the same last name as me. And if he's going to be an up-and-coming <laughs> up star, I think that's awesome. And he can jump out of the building. It's something we've really never, ever seen before. And I know there's been a lot of comparisons before he even stepped on an NBA court last night of who he could be. Like, people were saying he could be literally the greatest of all time. Or he could be Julius Randle without a jump shot, so with more hops. So, I mean, you really don't know yet. Last night he had a great performance and he had a great run, and I totally agree with you. I don't think you risk risk injury because then he he's out the whole year or something. And I think he should want to play. I I just agree with everything you had to say about him. But I think the Pelicans fans should be excited. I think the NBA should be excited because I bet a bunch of people were tuned in. All of our friends were tuned in. That's like 15 people right there. I mean. And I know there's a lot more. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've never seen a player of this like caliber be this athletic at 285 pounds. It's just really just kind of crazy to watch. I think that even though the ratings have been down for the NBA, I think the NBA is in really good hands with Giannis, with Luka, um, overseas guys. And then you got John Moran and Zion who are just rookies and they look absolutely fantastic. I mean, I know talking about Zion like that's premature, but 
John Morant, you've seen a half a season. He looks like a stud. He looks like Russell Westbrook with a jump shot and better passing. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be rookie of the year unless Zion says something to say about it. I think it's too late for Zion to take rookie of the year now unless he goes absolutely insane. Jaw doesn't do anything. I mean, Jaw is just what a talent he is. No, I think it's very hard for Zion. I think it's near impossible. I wonder what those odds would be. But yeah, Jaw has just put on an absolute show. And the Grizzlies are the eight seed right now, which is incredible. And they were supposed to be tanking. So, I look, NBA, we're excited. It's, like, starting to get in the thick of things again. The NBA trade deadline is coming down. Have you heard any rumors, like, specifically of what your favorite teams might do or, some like, some interesting things going on? I mean, for me, I know the Lakers are looking at Derrick Rose, but the Lakers are going to be hard to make a draft, like, be able to trade anyone just because they don't have the cap room for it. They're, like, pretty much locked into what they have. And a lot of the guys that are tradable, they have no trade clauses. The only guys that don't are Danny Green and DeMarcus Cousins. And for me as a Lakers fan, I don't want to see DeMarcus Cousins traded because he might be able to play this year. I saw a report from Brian Winhurst. And look, I know there's some other teams out there that have to make some moves, like the Philadelphia 76ers, who were supposed to be the one or two seed this year. So I think they got to make a move. And I know Joel Embiid is hurt right now. And Ben Simmons is playing out of this world with Joel Embiid out. And that's not the first time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, ben Simmons really shown out without Embiid, without Embiid, and them two together, they're still good. But it's like, wow, Ben Simmons is just really amazing. Even though he can't shoot, which I just hate about him, he still gets it done. Uh, as for the trades, uh, I saw the Knicks were looking at Malik Monk. I don't know what they have with this twenty-seven draft draft class, twenty-seventeen draft class, and like they have an obsession with it. Like uh, Frank PSJ, now you want Malik Monk? Like I don't know. I mean, they're they're looking at him. I actually don't mind it. I wanted it to be drafted there. Um, and then Marcus Morris is just still being, I don't know, monitored by contending teams, I guess. I saw Dennis Smith Jr. was being looked at by the Timberwolves. I know the Timberwolves are trying to trade for a point guard. Uh, he, they're looking at D'Angelo Russell, but I don't think that's going to happen because the Warriors are, are going to want more in the summer, and D'Angelo Russell is going to be worth more in the summer. But I know the Timberwolves want to pair Russell and Cat together because they're good buddies. Well, eventually Booker too, but right now they're just trying to get Russell there first. But apparently that's not going to happen right now. And the Timberwolves are still trying to make a playoff run, so they're trying to trade for Dennis Smith, I saw, or they might be interested in him. I don't know what you think yeah. about that. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. has been a bum this year. He really has. I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really disappointed in Dennis Smith Jr. this year. I, I was really high on him. I really thought he could have broken 20 points a game this year, not joking. I mean, before the season, it doesn't sound as crazy as I sound right now, but uh, if he gets moved, I don't know. It depends what you can get for him. I think, I think he's not going to turn out to be anything in New York. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's New York or he just has the yips now. Um, I saw Derek Rose's name thrown around, like you were saying, to the Lakers or Sixers. But yeah, I saw the Sixers too. Want, yeah, there was, the Pistons are saying they want at least a first-round pick for him. Like, I saw would that. Would you give I, that up for Derek Rose? No, I wouldn't, but that's what you always got to start with in talks. So, like, I'm not shocked to see that. Like, you start with that. You're not going to start with, I want a second-round pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You set the bar high. So I also saw staying in that conference is, and they're a high seed still, is the Raptors. And the Raptors are willing to give up Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and Marcus Saul for if they get a good package, I guess. And I could see that. I mean, I think they're being realistic. They think they can't beat the Bucks, They can't beat the Celtics. They can't beat the 76ers. So I see that if they get a good deal, ship them off because they're not going to be resigning those guys because those guys are getting up in age. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that idea. Um, I still think the Raptors are a very good team, surprisingly, without Kawhi still. Defensively, they're fantastic. 
offensively they get the job done too. They got talent on both ends of the floor, but they're just not a team that's going to win the East, you know. Well, they have an All Star in Siakam too. They do. They do. It's just, it's just outside of him, they don't have enough. The Van Vliet's good. Norman Powell is a good punch off the bench. Serge Ibaka. Uh, Marcus Sol's been hurt. I don't know if he's back now. Um, but they have uh, they have good enough. They have good talent. I don't know if they have good enough talent to win the East. One more rumor I saw was Spencer Dinwiddie's being looked at by other teams. That means nothing. I don't think the Nets mm-hmm. would trade him because I think next year they're going to want him with Kyrie and Levert and. Jared Allen and Kevin Durant. So we'll see what happens there. And on top of that is we have a question I know in our Twitter mailbag later, but is we're talking about the Miami Heat and the Miami Heat are an upcoming team and they're young and they got cast face coming up eventually when they get Deion Waiters and James Johnson off the books, but they might be looking to make a move this, this uh, year. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think they should. And I think if they do, they're immediately a top contender in the East and they already are a top contender in the East, uh, depending on what piece they get. They're just fantastically coached. And this Jimmy Butler led team has performed much better than I thought it was. I like Jimmy Butler and I know he's a leader, but I don't know. I don't know how much of a leader he was after the Philadelphia or not the Philadelphia after his tenure with Philadelphia. And then he had that whole Timberwolves practice thing. That was, that was legendary, but I just didn't know how well he'd be able to lead a, a full team, and he's doing a great job. Obviously, I was a Heat fan when LeBron was down there, and I think watching him down there was so cool. I love their culture. I love Pat Riley. I love Spolstra. And I, I just love, like, the swag that comes with Miami. Like, obviously, it's Miami, and on top of that, like, when they were still wearing Adidas jerseys, it's like every other night they're wearing a new jersey. I just, I don't know. I think it's a great organization, and... A lot of teams, a lot of players have seemed to go away from the Eastern Conference just because it's cold for some of these teams and they go to the West Side where it's warm. But Miami's always going to be a tractable spot no matter what. And Jimmy Butler showed that. Yeah, Pat Riley's always going to get some dumb. They're, they're never going to be a, a bottom feeder team, you know? Like, and they, they draft well. Like, Hero, they got. I like Hero. I, everyone kind of thinks he's a jerk. I like him. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, they got the undrafted rookie, has been balling. And then Bam at Abayo, who wasn't even that great in college. He was okay. He's been playing like a borderline all-star this year. Yeah, so let's the last thing for the NBA we'll talk about before we go into NFL is basically the top four candidates who I would say are on the market or have at least been speculated. Besides the Raptors guys who I think are hit and miss, like I think Kyle Lowry could be good. I think Marc Gasol could be good. And I think Abaka could be good for other teams. But they're more of just pieces. They're not stars. But the four guys who I think are on the market are LaMarcus Aldridge, DeRozan, Andre Drummond, and Drew Holiday. And I heard Drew Holiday is maybe not on the market anymore because the Pelicans are going to try to make a run with uh, Zion. But I don't know. These four guys, like the Heat are talking about going after one of them. I, I just I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, it's like a guy like DeRozan or Aldridge that the Heat are looking at. I think Aldridge would probably be more effective than DeRozan. I mean, DeRozan's kind of just Jimmy Butler, you know, 2.0. Not even 2.0. They're kind of just identical almost. Like defense, shoot a bunch of mid-range. They're tough guys. Like, I mean, uh, one guy that I really want to see traded to, who I think could be effective, is Robert Covington. Not that I, like, I'm, like, dying to see him get traded. I think he could, if he was traded to a contender, he could be an impactful player. No, you're, you're totally right. And we'll get into the Heat stuff later. And we'll obviously get into NBA trade deadline stuff in future shows when it comes close. And I'm sure we'll do a special about the NBA trade deadline that day. 
All right, now on to football. We're not going to talk about football too much today because next week's Super Bowl week, so we're focusing. Next week, we're just going to be focusing on the Super Bowl, talking about everything having to do with the Super Bowl, and I think you're looking forward to that, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. So let's start off. We'll just talk about the championship games, excuse me, quickly. So the first game on Sunday was the Titans at Chiefs. Uh, I had the Chiefs in that game with the spread, and uh, I did hit that. But what what did you think of the game overall? Uh, well, the Titans came out firing once again, um, and then the Chiefs proved that they were the better team, which I thought would happen. Uh, I, uh, the Chiefs came out, and they handled their business once they got the, you know, the flow of the game. Um, and they, they just came out, and they, they played well. Like, they did their job. Like, what, what am I supposed to say? They got down early, did the same thing last week against the Texans, and they came back and fought hard and won by multiple, you know, multiple scores. Yeah, when it was 10 nothing Titans, I was getting a little nervous because I had the Chiefs with the spread. But overall, I was never worried that the Chiefs were going to lose this game. I think Derrick Henry came out firing just like he has late in the season, late in the regular season and early in the playoffs. And I think that's someone they definitely have to re-sign. But look, the Titans gave it all they could. I, they just didn't have the talent to beat the Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I totally get that. I think Vrabel's a great coach, but I don't think Ryan Tannehill is it. I think Ryan Tannehill had a hot run just because Derrick Henry was running running up the gut against every team. And in the second half, he didn't run the ball as effectively, and you obviously saw Tannehill pretty much was affected by that. Yeah, I mean, it props to Vrabel for making the switch from uh, Mariota to Tannehill and then changing the offensive style to just literally Derrick Henry. Um, it got them pretty far. I mean, I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Tannehill is an answer long-term for anyone. He's going to hit free agency this offseason. Uh I don't think he's going to get a big deal anywhere. He may get one of the rebuilding team's starting job, you know. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I pretty much expected from the Titans. I, I thought this would be probably the end of their run. I, I said that last week against the Ravens, but, you know. Yeah, it's going to be something to watch with uh, Ryan Tannehill because, look, he's a free agent this summer, and I don't think you pay Ryan Tannehill $15 million when you can draft a quarterback and pay him, like, $3 million. I just – I don't think Ryan Tannehill is that good for that, and I think you'd agree, and I think a lot of people would agree. Why would you pay Ryan Tannehill that much when you can get a quarterback in the draft or someone else cheap on the market? Yeah, I agree. He's definitely not the answer. All right, so now on to the next game, which was the Packers going to the 49ers in uh, San Francisco. Uh, Look, this game was boring from midway through the first quarter. What were your thoughts? Yeah, it was just a blow from start to finish. I mean, the Packers just look completely demoralized off the rip. Uh, 49ers running game is just nuts. I mean, Garoppolo completed, what, six passes? I I know he only had eight attempts. Yeah, so it was like, so he had like six, four, six passes completed. I don't remember what the number was. Very few. Uh, Mostert had like 200-something rushing yards, four touchdowns. The 49ers defense dominated. Richard Sherman proves he's still elite. Saw him and Revis beefing on Twitter. I don't know why Reeves is doing that. Just, just shut up. But yeah, I mean the 49ers, uh very dominant team. Scary like, scary opponent against the Chiefs. Yeah, I listen to WFAN a lot, uh, New York Sports Radio, and they were asked the next day after these games they were saying is Aaron Rodgers championship uh Super Bowl window closed. And I, I don't think it's closed yet. I think he didn't have the defense. I knew all year the Packers were not great against the run at times. I remember earlier in the season the Packers were home playing against the Eagles. And Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard just ran up the gut Jordan every single Howard play. Murdered them. So I mean, look, I, I I didn't think the Packers would win this game. I thought it'd be a lot closer because I can never count out Aaron Rodgers. But uh, this game was boring from the first quarter on, basically. And 
the 49ers give props to the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. They have a great defensive coordinator. They have a great defense. And we'll see what Jimmy Garoppolo can do in a big game. Like you said, only eight attempts. I mean, he didn't show much. So we have to see more of that in the Super Bowl because I know he's going to have to throw the ball more than that in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he definitely didn't need to throw the ball that much this game. I mean, he did what he was asked to do, which was hand the ball off to Mostert and then have your defense play well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely thought this game would be closer. Uh, I did not bet on it because I did. Packers plus seven would definitely have been my pick, thinking about it. But, um, yeah, that was pretty much of a blowout of the game. Another takeaway from this game is, look, you said the running back from the 49ers went for, what was it, like 200 yards and four touchdowns? I think 200 it was. plus four touchdowns. Crazy. And he was an, un I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but what is it? How do you pronounce it? Uh, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, he, I know he was cut by like six teams and one of them were the, e or were the one of them was the Eagles and I think one of them was the Jets too. Probably, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I mean. Uh, so yeah, he, he was cut by like multiple teams. And that's just crazy and it shows you if you get a good, uh, like behind a good offensive line and a good system, any running back can be good. And we'll talk about this in the upcoming weeks with the NFL draft. That's my, in my opinion, that's why you don't draft a running back late in the first round or early in the first round. I think for the Giants, and I'm not just defending the Giants, I think Saquon was a different story because I think you've never seen a running back like him before. But like there's some guys and like why would you take like why would you take a running back like through between picks fifteen and thirty in the first round? I just don't think it's worth it. Wait until the fifth or sixth round to get a running back there. Because you don't want to be paying a running back after that rookie deal because they're expensive. Yeah, unless it's like an Ezekiel Elliott type level talent that you you know what you're getting out of him, I agree with you. There's no reason to reach on a running back. It's more offensive line dependent, in my opinion. Yeah. With the amount of athletic backs in this league, if they have a bad offensive line, they're not going to be able to do enough. But if you give them a good line to run through, they'll be efficient. Yeah, exactly. And I was looking at it. Most are played for Cleveland, Miami, Baltimore, Chicago, all cut, then played for San Francisco. Okay. Okay. I think he was on the Eagles practice squad, if I don't believe. If I believe uh, and so. Then there were, and then two teams in 2016 that just aren't listed. Okay. But, yeah, no, I, th I think that point stands. I think Saquon had a bad offensive line this year. And for how talented he is, and people said people said when he was coming out, like, this is a guy we've never seen before. And the Giants have had a bad offensive, like, mediocre offensive line for the past two years. And he's been he, it's been showed that he can sometimes not run against it with that offensive line. So, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, you saw Le'Veon Bell this year with the Jets. I mean, he was running into a brick wall every single time he touched the ball. Yeah, and I know the Chiefs are sort of like up and down against the run, so we'll see how that works in the Super Bowl. And like I said, we're looking forward to talking about the NFL draft and free agency when that comes about too. So let's get to the Twitter mailback now. Um, why don't you read them off? Let's start off. I know we have a couple of fr friends of yours from college asking us questions, a couple of family members, and a couple of randoms. So you, you start off the first question if you can. Yeah, so the first question that we have is, let me pull it up. Uh, from Chase, will Carson Wentz be better than Eli Manning at the end of his career? You start. You uh, Dave, what, uh, you want me to start? Yeah, Sorry. you start. Uh, I mean, hard to tell now. His injury history, the difference between them for me right now is Eli Manning, his injury history is little to none to where Carson Wentz has gotten hurt every single year and it's been a significant injury. So, uh, talent-wise, I definitely think Carson Wentz has more quarterback talent than Eli Manning does. His durability, I don't know if he'll, that will let, let him have a better career than Eli Manning. That's very true. I mean, I, I think you've obviously seen that Carson Wentz played in his first playoff game this past year, and he got hurt in it, and he's had injury history. So, no, I, I don't think Carson Wentz is going to be better than Eli Manning, I'm, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. I think 
I don't think Carson Wentz is going to win two Super Bowls in his career. And I don't think he's going to crack the top 10 in passing yards. And I know that you can say the passing yards is like a is not a great stat to compare, but that, in my opinion, it is. So I don't think he's going to be a two-time Super Bowl champ and MVP. So that's my opinion. On to the next question. Sure take. The next question we got is from Peyton. Uh, do you think the MLB did a good job with the way that they handled the Astros situation? And if not, how would you have changed it? Personally, I think it's kind of brutal how they handled it. I think the players 100, 100% should have had some some punishment accounted to, against them and not just the uh, the three managers. I, I think they handled it awfully and they definitely should have handed out a punishment towards the players. I don't know what to what extent it would have been, from my opinion, right now off the top of my head, but I would have suspended them for X amount of games, you know? I think that's a great question. Thank you for the question, Peyton. But I disagree with you. I don't think you can punish the players because there's just so many players to punish, and you don't know which, like, if, are you going to punish a pitcher then or no? Like, there's just so many things to debate. Like, obviously, you're not going to uh, punish a pitcher, so you're going to punish all the whatever how many players were on the postseason rosters i don't know it's just such a it's just a, such a gray territory and my problem i don't think they handled the mlb handled it well because beltron got hosed and i don't is peyton a mets fan or a yankees fan do you know mets fan. yeah mets he, fan. and i don't know if peyton is upset with carlos beltron being gone but i think carlos beltron got hosed because he was the only player named in the scandal if you're gonna do that you can't you gotta name all of them then because I, t- I got to tell you, Carlos Beltran wasn't the only player to be uh, not to – he was the only not the only player to be in the scandal. Obviously, Jose Altuve, all these guys were in the scandal too. So I think he got screwed, and he should still be the manager of the Mets, and the Mets didn't handle it well. But I think – Shocker. Exactly. But I think the Astros and the Red Sox did their due diligence, and they handled it the right way by firing their coaches after the suspensions came down and the fines. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a gray area, like you said. Like, I mean, it's hard because there's no pure evidence of who was involved. Like, you could say through video Altuve was involved because of that video of him pointing to his wire. But it's like, it's too hard to tell who was actually involved in doing what. You just know that it happened. So, yeah. yeah. All right, I got a question now, and then you can read off the last couple. Um, I'll start. So, I got one. Could you see Odell being traded this offseason? It's from Pete in Westchester, New York. What are your opinion? Uh, I do not think he will be traded this offseason. I think the Browns are determined to figure this thing out. I don't, I don't believe all of the, uh, reports of OBJ saying that he wants out, like, come and get me. I don't, I don't know about all that. Um, I, I definitely think he's still a head case. He still feeds for attention, but he's definitely calmed down. Like if he was not getting the ball this month in New York, he would have probably went ballistic, which he has previously. I don't, I don't think he's going to be traded. I think the Browns will bounce back this following season. And I think they'll start to figure it out, especially now that Freddie Kitchens is going. My God. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know much about the Chiefs' new head coach. I really don't. I know it comes from the Vikings. And, I mean, the Vikings were good on offense this year, but they weren't, weren't anything stellar. So, in my opinion, I don't think Odell gets traded this offseason. Maybe if it doesn't work out halfway through the year, they might trade him by the trade deadline. Who knows? I think the NFL... That's fair. I definitely think before the season, he won't be traded, though. Obviously, the NFL is the most popular sport in the, in America. I think you'd agree with that. But I think it'd be cool if we start to see more transactions throughout the NFL, either by the trade deadline or in the offseason with free agents. I know 
Um, the franchise tag has a lot to do with that, but like seeing player mobility in the NBA is very cool, and I think that'd be cool if you saw that in the NFL more. I agree. I, I don't know. I, I, I personally want to see that. I don't know about the general opinion of that just because the NBA is taking some heat about that that rule kind of a little bit. Not rule, just the way it is now. Yeah, but I feel like NFL is just so much worse. Like, you're if you get drafted by a team, you're pretty much there your whole career. Yeah, it's very dictated by – it's not as dictated by the players in the NFL. All right, let's continue these questions. Okay, so we got from Noah Broderick. We touched on this before. Who would you like to see Miami Heat trade for out of the trade deadline? Names like Holiday, Aldridge, DeRozan, etc. You start. Okay, so uh, out of those three, I would probably go with Aldridge. I, like I said before, DeRozan is more of a Jimmy Butler kind of player. I already have what he does. To uh, you already have what he brings to the table on your roster, and then Holiday. I just don't know how many point guards they're gonna run. I mean, I guess you'd ship them away, but like Goran Dragic has been solid. Kendrick Nunn has been really good. I mean, you got decent guard play there, and then Aldridge just I feel like a missing not missing piece, but he would be a little that little bit of that extra punch that it seems like they need, in my opinion, out of those three. My answer is actually none of them. I think. The Heat should stand still and maybe look towards the buyout market when that progresses after the trade downline. You never know what that can consist of and who you can get. But I don't know. I don't think any of these guys are worth it. And I don't know if the Heat can make that push to the NBA Finals. And if they can make the NBA Finals, I still don't think they win the NBA Finals. So, look, I think the Bucks make it. I do. I think the 76ers would overcome the Heat. Um, I Like I said, I, I'm rooting for the Heat because I think they're a great organization. They run really well. But I would look at the buyout market and I would look towards the future and who you can get in free agency in the future. Um, but besides that, no, I don't I don't think they should trade for one of those guys. I just I just don't. I think it depends on what what the offer would what the offer they would have. What would they have to give up to get Aldridge? Because I think he would really help them. But if they have to give up too much, then it's definitely not worth it. I yeah, Obviously. I really don't I'm not I'm not a huge fan of, I don't know like their what they have pick wise in the future, I think it's pretty clean. I think I yeah. think it is, but I think you would have to give up a Winslow type of guy, or you know, one of those guys. I mean, who, I mean Winslow. I mean, his, he was supposed to be so good. He's been just average at best throughout his career. I would have no problem giving him up. I don't know. I just I'm just not a fan of any of these guys that were listed, and or I'm not a fan of any of these guys for any of these teams. I, I'm just not. I think they're, these guys are washed, and they're not worth it with the money they have. Yeah, on. I don't think the I don't think DeRozan is worth playing. Or worth uh, trading for. Whatsoever. If you could, if you could get like a Bradley Beal, if you could get a Bradley Beal, that's totally yeah, different. I mean, he would be, ooh, he would be good. He is a great talent. I think this Heat team is eerily similar to the 2008 Boston Celtics when they were playing LeBron in the conference finals without Kyrie Irving and without Gordon Hayward. I think the Heat, it's they're similar because the Heat have a bunch of role players. And look, I do think Jimmy Butler is a star, but I don't think he's a superstar. So. They have Jimmy Butler, and the Celtics didn't have anyone like that. But they had a bunch of the Celtics had a bunch of up and young guys coming on the wings and that type of thing. And I think the Heat are very very similar to that. I think the Heat are missing a wing or two, but I think they're similar in the case that they're underdogs and they can make a run. Yeah, that's a fair take. But I don't think that run can consist of an NBA Finals win. Yeah, I definitely do think if they do win the East, they will not win the NBA Finals. But if that trade were to go through. How many more questions we got? Uh, we have... Is that it? Is it from, that's it on my end. What about you? I know we have one in the Twitter DM. Do you have that one from my uncle? I think he asked one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, can the San Francisco defense stop Kansas City? I like this question. Uh, man, I, I got to see it to believe it first. I mean, uh, defense wins championships, but I don't know. I, I would say... I would say San Francisco has a hard time stopping Kansas City. It's, it's hard to put a stop to Patrick Mahomes. I know the 49ers run a defense consisting of zone in the secondary, and I don't know how that's mm-hmm, going to work. So I, 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 I don't know how Mahomes is going to treat that. But I, look, I do think the, the Chiefs put up 20 points minimum. I just I just do. Uh, easily. So easily. I don't know. I don't see the 49ers scoring more than 24 points in the Super Bowl, and we'll have this discussion next week. But it was a great question. But – I don't think the San Francisco 49ers can stop the Chiefs defense. I just don't. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, I got to see it to believe it first. I mean, I know the Chiefs have had some bad weeks here and there, but now that it's, it's, it's the playoffs, they're in full gear. It's just hard to stop them. They've been on a tear the last two games offensively. Yeah, so look, we're looking forward to next week when we talk about the Super Bowl. It'll be a, about a 30-minute show just talking about ins and outs from the Super Bowl between bets, and we'll go through bets that people can make. I mean, we're looking forward to it. Um, we'll probably do that next Thursday. And we will do a Monday show after the Super Bowl, just talking about a quick 15-minute one. But look, sports are still in full swings. We're looking at every, everything coming up. The NFL Super Bowl, the NFL Draft, NFL Free Agency, NBA trade, de- trade deadline. And the NHL, speaking of NHL, NHL is going to the All-Star break right now. So they're taking a little bit of a break. I know the Rangers started to get hot at a certain point. But we're looking forward to everything. Steve, I hope hopefully you're doing well in college, man. Yeah, not to uh, not to kill that exit, but uh, we do have one more question, and it is: Will oh, Lamelo yeah. or from Tyler Smith? I forgot about it. Uh, will Lamelo or Lonzo ultimately have the better NBA career? I'm going Lamelo. I think he'll easily be have, have the better NBA career. What do you think? Quickly, I, I would say uh, I'll go with Lamelo too. I'm, I mean, I'm not sure yeah. yet. I haven't watched a lot of Lamelo tape. I've seen some offensive highlights, but I got to see how he would stand up on the defensive side of the ball in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, he's a year younger, but he's still showing that he can compete with top talent professionally. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Like, listen, subscribe on all podcast platforms. Basement Convos on Twitter. Basement Convos underscore. Basement underscores Convos on Instagram. Thank you so much, guys. Stay well.